Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hey guys, welcome back for week five. We are going to be recapping week four here. We had some big games surrounding college football. We're going to be recapping those in this episode and then giving you some hot topics at the end of this episode, um, along with our teams that... uh, Made some moves in in the college football rankings. Uh, it may be up or down. Uh, just have to <laughs> wait and find out. So uh, we're gonna hop right into our first segment here, and we're gonna recap last week. And the first game on our list is uh, number twelve Notre Dame versus number eighteen Wisconsin, played at Soldier Field in Chicago. Uh, The final for this game was Notre Dame 41 and Wisconsin 13. Uh, Tyler, I'll let you take take opening thoughts on this game. Yeah, this is like, honestly, this might be the shocker of the season so far for me. Uh, I know we both picked Wisconsin for this one. We both said that this was going to be a low-score game. And the main question we had was uh, how many times are we going to see both of these teams uh, get into the end zone? And Notre Dame putting up 41 points is something that I did not see. But you got to give uh, all the credit to the Notre Dame defense. Uh, Graham Mertz uh, was a quarterback. Actually, I know I said last week Alex Hornibrook. I got lost in the Wisconsin quarterbacks. I'm sorry about that. I apologize for that mistake. But, uh, yeah, Graham Mertz uh, just didn't have it uh, that day against uh, the Fighting Irish with four interceptions, 240 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, obviously, uh, the main storyline, Jack Cohn, had to leave this game with injury. Uh, I've heard reports that he's going to be good to go this week. Against Cincinnati, he's uh, de- um, Jack Cohn definitely needs to play in that game for Notre Dame to have a shot. But the backup uh, did pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, for Cohn, he was able to manage the game. Uh, but Notre Dame's defense uh, was really the star in this one, getting back-to-back pick sixes uh, to really clinch this one for the Fighting Irish. So a really good statement victory and definitely uh, the best uh, overall game that Notre Dame has played so far this season. Yeah, I, I was pretty shocked by the lack of defense from Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, just really, I mean, you, you did say, you know, Notre Dame's defense did step up big. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, the defense really couldn't help out that much in the second half for Wisconsin anyways. But, um, I mean, you can only do so much if you're on the field. So, um, yeah, this game, I think, comes down to, you know, control of the game. And it just seemed like Notre Dame was able to outmanage the game 
over Paul Christ in the, in this uh, Wisconsin Badger team. And, and I just, I think it uh, really further shows that Wisconsin really isn't going to be a contender this year yeah, um, in much, in much of anything. I don't think, I mean, already a two loss team this season. So I, I don't expect them to, to make it very far in the big 10. Uh, and I think they'll eventually fall out of the top 25. Um, uh, yeah, I think they have. Uh, looking at the AP poll, they have uh, fallen out. They are receiving some votes, but I don't really see them getting back into the AP top twenty-five poll because they still have Iowa and a lot of tests uh, still left on the schedule. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I think ultimately, I think Merch just needs more time. Yeah. I think uh, he's, he's still too young. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's good to get a young guy in there, mm-hmm. but I, I just think it's too early to write Wisconsin off as a Big Ten contender. Um, defensively, yes. Uh, but offensively, they, I don't think they have the firepower yet. I mean, you do have uh, a good back, you know, a, a transfer from Clemson and Malusi, but uh, I don't think that that offense is where it needs to be um, to, to compete for anything in the Big Ten. So uh, a big win for Notre Dame and a good uh, build-up for next week. Absolutely. All right, so our next game we're going to get into, we're going to go into a big SEC matchup for the weekend that we had circled on our calendars, both of us. Uh, It's going to be number seven, Texas A&M versus number 16, Arkansas. This game was final, uh, Texas A&M 10 and Arkansas 20. This game was played in Arlington, uh, kind of a home field advantage for uh, Texas A&M. We as so we thought, um, but I, I know we both picked uh, Arkansas in this game, so we really didn't have to worry too much. Uh, no, not at all, because Arkansas didn't waste no time. Got off to a seventeen to nothing lead early. KJ Jefferson uh, really had a good uh, first half. Got nicked up in the second half, uh, trying to run uh, for a first down. So the freshman Hornsby had to come. For a couple of plays, I mean, honestly, if KJ Jefferson stayed healthy throughout this game, this game wouldn't have been even been any close. Arkansas might have put up 30, 40 points, maybe even 50 points uh, against this Texas A&M defense, who we both had a lot of expectations uh, from the for this uh, defense, you know, coming into this game. Uh, but uh, Texas A&M, uh, we had a lot of question marks as well on the offensive side. How were they going to do against this Arkansas defense? Uh, that's a top 15 defense in the country. Uh, Isaiah Spiller had a good game, 95 yards and a touchdown. Meanwhile, Calzada only had 151 yards in one inter- interception, which is going to be uh, the de facto here for the Aggies uh, going forward because they still have teams, you know, these high-scoring offenses, you know, Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama still left on their schedule who can put up some points. So if you can't put up points uh, against teams in SEC, then this might be a, a very long season for the Aggies. Yeah, and, and, and I think, again, it speaks to the fact that Arkansas was just able to put up 20 points against uh, a team that was supposed to be really good on defense this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Arkansas can – build off of this game and just say it again. They're just going to build off of the next game, build off of the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I had them really filling my big movers of the week, you know, and I was so close to putting them on this week again. And it's just like, I, I want to put them on there each week because they're moving progressively up the, up the rankings. Um, I, I, I don't know 
what Texas A&M's next step is. Um, obviously, they fell in the standings. Uh, I don't know if they're good enough to beat an Alabama team. Uh, Not I, right now. Yeah, it just it doesn't look that way right now. Um, and I think that's going to lead right into our next game on a team that's pretty much dominated college football uh, for the last couple of years and definitely dominated the ACC, uh, falling with their second loss of the season uh, to an unranked opponent uh, in a hostile environment. And, of course, we're talking about number nine Clemson on the road uh, facing NC State. Uh, man, what a football game. <laughs> yeah, this this was a game coming down to the wire. And if it wasn't for NC State's uh, kicker missing a chips shot field goal, this would have ended in regulation. I'm sure uh, NC State fans uh, would rather take that. But they'll take this win uh, any day of the week. Uh, I know coming into this game uh, that uh, we both picked Clemson, but we had them on upset alert. Uh, you know, this was a game, you know, Clemson – they struggled against Georgia Tech last week. Their offense, you know, only put up three points in their home op- in the opener against Georgia. And then uh, NC State, you know, was an up-and-down team. And, you know, we, we knew they had the potential, and NC State uh, did it. And uh, Daniel Leary, he had a, a really good game. 32 for 44, 238 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that is the game that you want to beat this Clemson team. And give credit to, to NC State's defense. Man, they rose to the – to the occasion, uh, getting a couple of costly turnovers, uh, you know, turning them in, into points. But in the end, the Wolfpack uh, really uh, stifled Clemson's uh, offense uh, pretty much all throughout this game. This really opens up the door uh, for the ACC now because I'm sure a lot of these people are tired of seeing Clemson in the ACC championship. And I know last uh, week whenever we did this, exact same show on this exact same day that you had Wake Forest and Pitt. And honestly, that might happen. Who knows? Maybe you knew a little bit more than I did. <laughs> shaping up, shaping up to be a, uh, yeah. a good little, a good little pick for me. Uh, no, uh, I, yeah. I think that, you know, of course this game's final 27, 21 NC state, um, you know, double overtime, just mm-hmm. a heave to the end zone. Um, that ended up being caught in bounds on a diving catch in the corner what a for NC State. Big, I mean, a, a huge uh, play for them and really defined their season. Yeah, I mean, it might really, be a game change. They might look back at that if they make the Charlotte, and that's going to be the play that got them there. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a really good running back duo uh, in NC State really have prided themselves, and I think this coaching staff has prided itself on just being balanced as can be. I mean, you're talking all-out offense, all-out defense. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, kind of a – it's hard to it's hard to tell, but it, it reminds me of a Notre Dame team, uh, you know, back in the BCS days. Um, a little bit kind of, I mean, balanced on both sides of the ball can play all out offense, all out defense. That's what it reminds me of. Uh, but if they can keep this up, they definitely can make a run to Charlotte. Like you said. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I, I glad that you brought that up. Yeah. This team, you know, definitely reminds me in the BCS era in Notre Dame, you know, they had balanced offense and then balanced defense. I, I definitely agree. That is 100% uh, correct with this Wolfpack team. So we'll get into the next game of the weekend. We'll shift from the ACC to the Big 12. And, man, what a game this was in the Big 12, coming down 
to a two-point conversion. Uh, if Iowa State makes it, uh, it goes into overtime. If they miss, Baylor will win the game. That's exactly what happened. Baylor got a huge win, uh, 31-29 against the Cyclones. Iowa State ranked number 14. Now Iowa State now falls to 2-2. Two and two. Baylor goes to 4-0. and oh. And I know both of us uh, picked uh, Baylor in this one. Uh, both thought that this was going to be a little high score in the 30s, which it was. Baylor ended up getting to the 30s in this one. I just want to know, uh, what were your thoughts uh, seeing Baylor in this game? Uh, really strong offensive team. Uh, not very good defense. I definitely should have been able to hold uh, Iowa State to less than 29 points, I think. Um, but the main thing it comes down to is special teams. If, if Baylor doesn't get the 98 yard touchdown return off the kickoff, Mm -hmm. then this, this, this isn't even a game. I mean, Iowa, Iowa state wins this game. So, I mean, there's your difference right there is special teams. Um, and Iowa state's got some stuff to work on big time. Um, I know you just came off of a tough loss to Iowa a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, you're, I mean, you're really pushing a, a tough season in the big 12, um, as a two loss team. I mean, you're really going to have to, they're going to have to win out to have any chance. Uh, yeah, and, they, yeah, they still got a lot of, of tough opponents left on their schedule. You know, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma state, Kansas state, that that's going to be a gauntlet for Iowa state. And I just don't know if they can pick up enough wins to make it back to Dallas. Yeah, it just it doesn't seem likely. Uh, it just doesn't seem possible. I don't see it happening. Not with this Baylor team, the way they're playing right now, uh, with that offense. I mean, it, it's one thing. They're kind of like Oklahoma in the aspect of it's let's get more offense. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> let's just let's get the defense you know off the field as quick as possible, so we can get the offense back on the field. And just put up more points. I mean, that's how they're going to stretch their lead. I mean, it's no defense at all. So, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, a uh, big win for Baylor um, and disappointing loss for uh, for Iowa State. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that uh, both defenses had their struggles. And, I mean, so did the offense as, as well. Uh, Brees Hall, though, had 190 yards, two touchdowns for Iowa State. But Brock Purdy, you know, one touchdown, one interception, that's not really – the Brock Purdy that I thought was going to take over for Iowa State, and that's why they had so many high expectations. So I just think that uh, Purdy and this offense are having some struggles, uh, some struggles that a lot of people thought that would not happen this season. You know, this is a veteran bunch. Brees Hall, you know, has had a lot of years in this offense, same with Brock Purdy. Just, I don't know, just not really meeting the expectations I think, uh, though, Baylor, on the other hand, is going to be a very underrated team in the Big 12, but they still have a lot of games as well uh, that they'll run through the schedule. So uh, between Iowa State and Baylor right now, I'll probably have to go with uh, giving the Baylor the edge uh, to make it to the Big 12 championship. Uh, I knew I picked uh, Iowa State last weekend, but just after this performance, I just don't see Iowa State, you know, bouncing back from this. All right, so we will go into the next game. Uh, going to Big Ten country, we had our eyes on this one along with some other uh, Big Ten games. Uh, Nebraska-Michigan State was the other game. Michigan State ended up winning that one in overtime. This one between Rutgers and number 19, Michigan. Michigan was able to pull this one out 20-13, to 13, and this was way closer than the line. Michigan was an 18.5-point favorite 
coming in this one. Michigan ended up pulling this one out 20 to 13. Now, who are you more impressed in this matchup, Rutgers or Michigan? Uh, I'm more impressed with Rutgers in this game. Uh, not the Rutgers team that we were used to seeing. No, um, and not I don't even think, close. Yeah, and, and I don't think they're the Rutgers team that we're ever going to see anymore. I think this Rutgers team has turned the corner, um, and I see them on the rise this year. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing to, <laughs> to see. I mean, holding Michigan to 20 points in the big house uh, on a night game. I mean, you're you're talking about a packed stadium, uh, you know, most of the time, you circle this game as an easy win for for Michigan. No I mean, offense. Last year was like they put up seventy points a couple of years ago whenever yeah. uh, they were in the top five. Yeah. So I mean, and you were able to see this is this is what I mean by Michigan is really shaky. I mean, everybody's saying, "Oh, the running game is amazing. The running game, they're taking off. They're taking off." And and here's a Rutgers team that pretty much shut down the run game. I mean, mm-hmm. you basically showed that Michigan is one-dimensional. All they can do is run the ball. I mean, uh, McNamara went 9 for 16 for 163 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, basically uh, a warm-up out there for him. I mean, you're... you're <laughs> having some pitch and catch, that's all. Yeah, I mean, uh, your, your running backs carried you with two touchdowns, uh, and, and that's that's really it. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what concerns me about this Michigan team right now is that they're too one dimensional for me. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, I go just, ahead. I just think that that uh, Rutgers has the weapons uh, as far as the run game, balanced pass game, uh, defense looked good. I mean, you held Michigan to twenty points. I think that's the least amount of points they've scored the season. Uh, but I. I I can't see Rutgers uh, falling. I mean, you're talking about a, a three and one Rutgers team. I <laughs> never thought we would be saying three and one Rutgers. I thought we would be saying one and three Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, man, are, are they going to give uh, Ohio State a run for their money? I think this week. Uh, who knows? That'll be uh, a sight to see. Uh, but just going back to answer my own question, I, I think I was more impressed with Rutgers because, you know, look at the line. Michigan was expected to win. They're expected to win big. Rutgers, I mean, no one gave them a chance in this one. Everybody was picking Michigan, even us, but we thought that Rutgers has the offense to keep this one close. But honestly, that defense really impressed me. I think now that Rutgers has a a legit defense. Now I get this is Michigan. Now, you know, Michigan's not the most sexiest offenses in all of college football. I definitely get that. But, uh, you know, look at this, like the scoring in this one, man, this is bipolar. This is like Michigan was up seven to three first quarter. And then Michigan like comes out of nowhere. And then it's 20 to three at the half. And then Rutgers in the third and fourth is the only one to get points. And it's, ultimately 20 to 13. So it was just a weird back and forth uh, game. Uh, But yeah, Michigan has a lot of question marks on offense, you know, McNamara, you know, going back to that, like only throwing it 16 times and uh, pretty much uh, Rutgers gave you the game plan. If you want to be Michigan, just stop the running game and they can't really do anything. Yeah. And to note, I mean, you know, Michigan ain't got a really, uh, easy game next week either. You go on the road and play yeah, Wisconsin in Camp Randall. Wisconsin, they are going to be yeah. off the rails, uh, you know, looking for a win 
like a yeah. big win that can really change their season around. And that right there, I mean, really changes the whole complexion of the Big Ten mm-hmm. in the aspect that, you know, if Michigan loses, your only teams that are undefeated in the Big Ten are Iowa, Michigan State, Maryland, and Penn State. I swear, man, the Big Ten is is, is fun to watch this year. So not your normal teams that you would expect. So No, and that's uh, what I like about it. It's like new teams that we don't usually see, you know, up at the top. Absolutely. All right, now let's get into some pick'em results. Uh, we will see if we can uh, do 5-0 and again, and sadly we could not. We both went. Three and two. Uh, the games that we got right were Texas A&M versus Arkansas, Iowa State and Baylor, and Rutgers and Michigan. The games we got wrong was Wisconsin and Clemson. Uh, I'll just go through the scores real quick. Uh, we both have Wisconsin. You had them twenty-four to twenty-one, nineteen to fourteen. So completely off. Had like <laughs> no, no uh, faith in Notre Dame. Arkansas, we had them winning 21-17. You had in 27-24. So we were really right on Arkansas, but we both thought that A&M was going to score more, and they didn't. Clemson, man, we had them scoring 38 points each, uh, but that was way off too as well. Uh, They only scored like 21 points. Baylor, we both had them winning 35-31, 38-34. So a little bit close on that in the one. Just a little bit more points from <laughs> from both teams, and that would have been right it. And the Michigan scores, you had them winning 31-14, and I had them winning 28-24. to So 3-2, and two, and hoping whenever we turn the calendar to week number five and on next week's on, or Thursday's show that we can, you know, get a little bit up from 500. All right, so now let's move on uh, to our big movers of the week. Uh, we have our two big movers from the AP Top 25 poll, and usually our big mover is a positive move, but we both picked a negative move this week. Yeah, uh, two teams that we thought would uh, definitely put up a fight in this in this year's uh, rankings, but it just didn't pan out, I think, for either team. You're uh, – a one-loss Texas A&M team uh, fell down from, uh, I believe, what seventh all the way down to yeah, 15th. seventh to fifteenth. So uh, that's a that's a hefty drop, and that's that's the difference in a big bowl game, um, right there. Uh, They're ultimately, I think, out of the playoff at this point, uh, out of a three-race team uh, for the S- for uh, three-race SEC team in the playoff. So. Uh, I think uh, that's all she wrote for for them as far as uh, making it to the SEC championship. Yeah, and that's all she wrote for uh, my team, the Clemson Tigers, who have been to the playoff for like four or five consecutive years. They're a top five team coming in this one. A lot of expectations, but a lot of also question marks because, you know, they lost Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. A lot of weapons on the offense. We just didn't know how their offense was going to look. And honestly, it looks downright abysmal right now. Uh, we'll see if they can pick it up, but they got to pick it up. Hurry. If, uh, you know, they, they could at least probably make it to your new Year's six, uh, bowl game. If they ended up winning the ACC, but that's the maximum they can get. I just don't think that this is going to be a year that a two loss team is going to make the playoff. But, uh, last week they were number nine and this week they're just barely hanging on. 
in the AP Top 25 poll, rounding out the last spot at number 25. So a huge shock to see Clemson all the way down at the bottom. Now, do you expect Clemson to stay in the top 25? Um, I don't think so because, they honestly, some of these teams, I'm looking at their schedule right now, they got Boston College at home this week. We saw what Boston College did this past weekend against Missouri, getting a, a big win. With the back of quarterback. The, yeah, and the back of quarterback as well. Uh, they go on the road in two weeks uh, to Pittsburgh, and that won't be easy because Kenny Pickett and that offense, uh, you saw what they did this past week and put up 77 <laughs> points against New Hampshire. They go on the road to Louisville. Louisville is really no slouch. Wake Forest at home and even South Carolina on the road. So I, it wouldn't shock me if uh, Clemson picks up another loss along the way. Yeah, I mean, we be we could be looking close to a – really, I mean, yikes. Three four loss team. Yeah, I mean, a seven and a seven and five Clemson mm. team. That would be the most uh, disappointing team, honestly, if that happens. And a lot you, of expectations. You think Dabo Sweeney's on the hot seat with the seven and five team? I mean, no, because I mean, with after making the playoff after so many consecutive years, now if he does the same thing and you know back to back years, and maybe that seat gets a little bit warmer. Yeah, well, just a and just a you know, uh, my fun trivia fact for the day: uh, if Clemson does decide to get you know move on from, I don't want to say get rid of, but move yeah. on from from Dabo, it would cost the university fifty million. Holy to moly. buy out the rest of his contract. I mean, it's just too early for me to say that they should just tie it cut ties with Dabo. I mean, Dabo's not the problem. The offense is. Yeah, but uh, but ultimately, who runs the team? I mean, you know, who, who, yeah. who decides I, those things? But I, I get there. I think it's just too early to panic. Yeah, and, and I get that there's a lot of injuries, especially on defense um, this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it is too early. Uh, just a future thought in my mind, yeah. I guess. It, it could be a future hot topic. And speaking of that, here's our hot topics of the day on this Tuesday. And the first one is, who is the biggest threat to the Oregon Ducks in the Pac-12? You know, we know Oregon had that big win a couple of weeks ago against Ohio State. They kind of struggled uh, this uh, past weekend against Arizona, but was able to pull out the 41-19 victory. They got a big one coming up this weekend, uh, especially if they want to win that division. They have the Stanford Cardinal, who are 2-2. Two and two. A really sneaky team, but there's also some teams in the South. You know, we talked about Arizona State, UCLA, and uh, U- U- USC pretty much has fallen off uh, after their recent loss as well. So who do you think is the biggest threat right now to the Oregon Ducks uh, to not only win the division, but, you know, to really destroy their playoff hopes? Uh, as far as winning the division, uh, the only team that I think that really has a chance to, to close in on them uh, is Stanford. Uh, yeah, I really, I, I really think they're the only team uh, that can really put up the amount of points to compete with them, uh, and that'll ultimately, you know, be seen, uh, you know, this weekend. So uh, uh, this upcoming, you know, uh, weekend. So I, uh, I think it's all going to come down to if Oregon's defense can step up and play. I mean, you, you saw, you know, a game 
this weekend against Arizona, where Arizona basically took Kayvon Thibodeau out of the game. I mean, basically eliminated him by running bootlegs, by running RPOs. And it just confused that entire linebacker core. So I I think it, it really it's really a question mark on defense. And I never thought I'd be saying that about Oregon, but I I don't know if somebody throws them a mixed package, you know, a mixed bag of tricks like Stanford, uh, it might be a, a right, right off on the undefeated season. I mean, it might be it. It's over. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll see. But, and I think the biggest threat out of all the teams in the PAC 12, it's gotta be UCLA. Uh, UCLA is hot. I mean, they're on offense. They're they're able to uh, to put some points up, and I, they're a really f- I mean fun team to watch. I mean, UCLA is kind of slacked off as of late, but but this uh, this this team this year is uh, a fun team to watch out there in the Pac-12. Yeah, I definitely agree. If you're your two teams, I honestly think those are the only two teams that even stand a chance. Uh, Stanford will get the first crack. UCLA will get uh, another crack at it whenever both Oregon and UCLA play in a couple of weeks. Uh, but the only threat right now that I see uh, that Oregon is not going to win this Pac-12 make to the playoff is themselves, honestly, at this rate. Like, if they have, like, another slip-up that they did against Arizona, but even after that slip-up, they are able to – to pick themselves up again and still score 41 points. So I think, honestly, the biggest threat other than Stanford and UCLA is themselves. All right, the next hot topic of the day is who is our dark horse team in every Power 5 conference? So we'll go to that. It's pretty much a one- and two-part question. So we'll, we'll run through the Power 5 conference before we get into our group of five team who's our dark horse so why don't we start in the ACC, man? This is another wide open conference. It seems like as well, especially that Clemson, uh, after suffering that loss to NC State. And uh, who's your dark horse team right now? No, you got Wake Forest and Pitt. I'm, I believe you're going to lean between one of those two teams. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to kind of deviate Ooh, away, um, like especially it. especially after a weekend. Like last weekend, and I know they're partying it up right now in Raleigh, uh, but it's got it's got to be uh, NC State, definitely a team that that's shown me something that I ain't ever seen from NC State. Uh, that Wolfpack team is something different in the ACC, something to handle with, uh, and I don't see a team like you know North Carolina, not even Georgia Tech, VT. I, I don't see any team playing the kind of football that they're playing in the ACC. Uh, I don't know if they're so much a dark horse. I mean, they they might be top of the totem pole in the ACC now. Yeah, I'm going to go with my dark horse. I'm going to go with Wake Forest. I, I know that you picked them, you've been high on them, but I think I'm going to go on the Demon Deacon train with them. You know, now that the Atlantic right now – is wide open. I know that Wake Forest still has Clemson uh, later on in their schedule. But if you look at their schedule, if they can get past uh, this week, it's a big game against Louisville. Their their schedule really sets up uh, nicely until you hit November. Then they got North Carolina, who hasn't been really looking like themselves this year. Then they got NC State, Wake Forest, and Boston College. So that's a tough stretch. But 
if they can get past uh, that stretch, you know, maybe like three and one, then uh, who knows? We might see week four uh, in Charlotte. All right, now let's go to the Big 12, another uh, conference that seems uh, to be we might have some new teams. Again, I just don't see uh, Iowa State right now making it. Oklahoma, as you know, is, you know, getting tested every week, but, you know, they find a way magically uh, to get out of it. So who's your dark horse in the Big 12 right now? Uh, I think right now my dark horse and a team that's moved up the college football rankings and kind of done it nonchalantly, uh, and that's Oklahoma State. Uh, Mm. That's all-out offense, Oklahoma State, man. (laughs) Uh, Good old Pistol Pete out there. They they love throwing that football and that air raid offense out there. And, uh, man, let me tell you what. They uh, they look good this year, and, and I think that uh, right now in an Oklahoma Oklahoma State game, man, it's a it's a close one. I, I think. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I got to go with Oklahoma State. I did not see this team uh, coming out of nowhere and getting a four and zero start. I had them losing to Boise State, but they got a, a big win on the road. Uh, you know, this past weekend, they got a huge win against Kansas State. But uh, And then, you know, they got another test uh, this weekend at home against Baylor. So, man, if they win that one, then Oklahoma State could be right now in the driver's seat uh, in the Big 12 in first place. So it's got to be Oklahoma State for me. And now to the most intriguing conference in, in college football right now, the Big 10. So who's who's your dark horse in this one? <laughs> Oh man, there's a lot I, of teams. I don't know, man. Um, dark horse. Shoot, this is a tough one. Uh, as far as that goes, <laughs> I gotta go with. I guess I gotta go with Maryland. Uh, a four and zero Maryland start. I mean, uh, definitely have the coaching uh, to to make it far, and I think that you know. With a couple of big wins, I think they can be a ranked team. Uh, and there's so many teams we could say that. I mean, there's only 25 spots. Look, there's 25 spots in the college football rankings. That's it. <laughs> 25 best teams in the country. So, uh, <laughs> and there's so many of the teams, like a Maryland team or a Rutgers team or anybody that, with a couple of big wins, they could be ranked. Uh, so, I think Maryland has the opportunity uh, to beat Ohio State every year, they give Ohio State a run for their money. It doesn't matter if Ohio State's, you know, number one in the country. It's always a close game. I mean, Ohio State may be the twenty-eight and a half point favorite, but it always comes down to you know fourth quarter. It's a, either a one or two possession game. Man, I <laughs> I gotta be on the green see if you again. I, I'm gonna go with Maryland. I think they have the offense uh, to really contend uh this weekend against Iowa I mean Iowa I'm looking at right now and Iowa's only a four-point favorite Iowa's Iowa's gonna have the defense in this matchup I get it but are they gonna have enough offense you know to compete with Talia Tungavaloa you know the younger brother of Tua Tungavaloa who has really had a fantastic career at Alabama uh they have a lot of tests still you know Penn State Michigan State and Ohio State but this offense uh, will keep Maryland in this game. They also have a really good defense as well, uh, especially with their head coach being so defensive-minded as well. Well, not to mention that <laughs> to to his younger brother, 
I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the last name. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know SEC football. Yeah, you yeah. know SEC football. I mean, I've been covering him for like <laughs> the last three, four years in the SEC. No, but I, I think little brother here definitely has a season going. Uh, over 1,300 passing yards already in in, in four games. Uh, so, uh, 111 for 147. Nothing to slouch on. I mean, you're talking about a huge. 10 touchdowns starting season and mm-hmm. only one interception. So, I mean, you look at the other side in this upcoming week, I know we're going to probably get into this matchup yeah. a little bit, but we got a lot of good matchups. Yeah. I mean, Petrus really, as far as offense goes, it looks all Maryland as far as, or as that goes. Yeah. We'll go into our, our next power five conference. Uh, we'll skip over the Pac 12 since uh, we kind of hinted at that, uh, conference in our first hot topic so uh we'll go to the sec so who is your dark horse team right now in sec uh my yeah this is another one there's even a dark horse right now yeah i I don't know if there's a dark horse i mean that's the problem um because if i'm going off of uh teams that hadn't lost a game this year as far as teams that have not lost a game this year the only you know as far as down as it goes in the SEC, I mean, it's 12th in the college football ranking. So, I mean, <laughs> you're really looking at something that that uh, isn't isn't easy to decide. But I, I'm going to go with Kentucky. Uh, okay. They got some offense this year. Uh, do I think that they'll run the table and beat Georgia and, and somehow make it to the SEC East uh, you know, top of the ladder? No, <laughs> but uh, man, they could easily be a two-loss team this year, and, and somehow make it to a really good bowl game and be a ranked team. Uh, once again, I'll say that there's another team that can be ranked in the top twenty-five. It, it's it's early um, for this, but I, I do think that they have the offense to compete. Well, I'm going to go for a team who's ranked in the top 10 but has a loss right now, and that's the Florida Gators. I, I definitely think that even with a loss and a loss in conference play that they're still not out of this SEC East race. Still got Georgia left on the schedule, and I think they're going to be only one of the few teams on Georgia's schedule that could even keep it close to them. I think Florida's offense can give that Georgia defense uh, some problems. Uh, you know, just going back to the Alabama game, I was just really impressed with how Florida played in that one. And then going back to this Tennessee game, they had some struggles early on in the first half. But like Oregon was able to do in the second half, Florida was able to really pull away with that one, winning that one uh, 38-14. So uh, don't really count the Gators out uh, in the SEC East. Yeah, well, you know, this kind of comes all to, to a short uh... – narrow tunnel ending because your Florida Gators are up against my pick, the Kentucky oh. Wildcats this upcoming weekend. <laughs> so and which as of course team is going to survive as of right now, Florida's the eight and a half point favorite on the road, uh, which is pretty low. It is low. So it's probably uh, the lowest side in that rivalry so far. Yeah, so I've ever seen it's usually a double digit favorite for the Gators. So I expect Kentucky to put up a fight. I mean, Florida might edge out something close, but I don't even know if Florida might be able to cover the spread in a close game like that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough road game uh, for Florida. Definitely the toughest road game so far that they faced. 
All right, now that's uh, with the power five. Let's go into the group of five. You know, we haven't really spent a lot of time on the group of five team. So who is your dark horse candidate? You know, if you want to go this far, a dark horse candidate to make the playoffs, but we're thinking of for a New Year's Six bowl game. Uh, yeah, New Year's Six, uh, my dark horse pick has got to be Coastal Carolina. Uh, I think that they're a team that, doesn't play like a Sunbelt team. They play um, like a team that probably should be in the ACC. Uh, just personally, I think. Uh, they're 4-0 start out to a really good start uh, once again this year. Coaching staff is absolutely taking control of that team and just absolutely put them on another level. Um, you know, played a good bowl game last year. Uh, so I, I expect... Coastal Carolina to get a really good bowl game again this year. Uh, they're a team that's on the rise, and I think without a doubt they'll win the Sun Belt. Uh, so I think they're my my pick to uh, get get a really good game late in the season. Yeah, I got to go with Coastal Carolina as well because looking at their schedule, I, they're just going to breeze through that easily. Uh, they're going to go undefeated. I was thinking of going Fresno State, but they have one loss, and that loss was to Oregon. So. But they also have a good win against UCLA. The best win for Coastal Carolina is Kansas, and we all know what Kansas does in the Big Twelve. They're they're just going to be a, another stinker team this year. So I don't know if the if the committee is going to really like negate the Chanticleers and that, and uh, you know, vault a Fresno State team who has a top twenty five victory, uh, but even has a one loss. So I got to go right now with Coastal Carolina, but don't be shocked if Fresno State jumps them even though if they're a one loss team yeah and and i think i got an honorable mention too i mean yeah go uh, ahead if you want to we could do honorable mention as well (laughs) my honorable mention has got to be byu yes it does dude i mean you gotta you gotta give them they're right they're right there number 13 (laughs) i look at the schedule guess who they have in about like three weeks what we got we got number 21 baylor at baylor Man, if they go on the road and beat Baylor, you can just put them in the playoff. I don't even care. That's a, you that's think? the biggest one you need. Yeah. <laughs> if they run the table, beat Baylor on the road, then I think uh, they have a shot to make the playoff. See, I don't know about that. I I, I think they got to beat a team like Oregon to do it. And I think that if Oregon's on that schedule, I think they beat Oregon. I mean, they beat Utah and Arizona State, who are both top 25. I, I definitely think that out of all the group of five teams, you know, that make the playoff, is, the playoff has got to be Cincinnati. But they got Notre Dame this weekend, and that won't be easy. But if they do beat Notre Dame, then Cincinnati might be a top five team after this weekend. Yeah, I mean, there's it's so tight up there in the top four that yeah. I don't think BYU could make a run for the playoff. Uh, definitely could be a top 10 team. I mean, yeah. they're close right now. I think they could stay there in the just, top ten. That's just been the argument from the group of five teams is that the re- the main reason that, you know, a UCF team undefeated, they didn't play anybody. Now you see, you know, Cincinnati and BYU, they put – BYU has already beat two top 25 Pac-12 teams, and then they have an opportunity to – who knows, if Baylor wins this weekend against Oklahoma State, they could vault – you know, they got – you know, two weeks in between uh, this game. You know, they're on the bye this week. They play Utah State and Boise State. So that's three weeks that Baylor can, you know, jump all the way to who knows uh, into the top ten. And if BYU goes on the road and beats the top ten team, then 
that's really going to help their resume. Yeah, I, I think BYU's got to play an East Coast team, uh, a yeah. really good Big Ten team, or, or a really good ACC team. Uh, I think to even get a get a shot at that, uh, and I know that's not going to be this year, uh, but in the future, I think BYU needs to look at playing some Big Ten teams because they're good enough to compete. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, right now, I want to see it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be a close game. I really do. Uh, I don't know if I'm close probably at BYU, but if it's at Penn State, I would take Penn State in a blowout. Yeah, I don't know about defense as far as BYU goes, but they can score the football. Yeah, they can. They have all the offenses. Defense gets enough stops for them to win the ball game. Absolutely. Uh, And that's going to round off our show, uh, our opening show of the week on this lovely Tuesday. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Our social medias are always linked in the description of our show, uh, wherever you're watching podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you guys on Thursday's episode. We will be making our picks for week five as we are coming close to, uh, already, man, the midway point of the season. Yeah, but we got a really big week in that. I think that's really going to set the tone for how this, uh, rest of the season is going to shape up. Man, I hope that we get some close games. Man, I hope we get some upsets Me, this week. Yeah, yeah. I want to like upsets, you know, 2007. I want this to be like the 2007 season when there's like upsets after upsets every week. Yeah, we need to make them college college football playoff committee. We need to make them work a little harder. Yeah, uh, make uh, them think a little bit more. Make them work a little harder for their money. So <laughs> Don't let them go to sleep till like midnight. They got to think real hard about it. This <laughs> I want to actually be able to sit down and watch the college football playoff. Yeah, show. I want to see so like two close college football playoff games because I don't think we've ever seen that in its history mm. so far. No, I don't think so. Uh, so thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we will see you guys once again on Thursday. Uh, great episode, Tyler. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for having me on again. And we will catch you guys for week five. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.